passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. I'm Mike Chipos, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Ankle Pick Pod. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We are here to recap UFC 270 and then also get a little bit of news and notes action for you. And then same episode or separate country club for the same app. Same app. So also set the spread. So we're, we're getting a lot done here. We're back in business. But, Dan, let's start off with the recap of UFC 270. Gone first in Ganu, and then also the flyweight five-round war that didn't end inside the distance. Tragic, tragic. Um, what a fucking whoop. sweet card, though. <clears throat> yeah, sweet card, but uh, one of the most confusing cards as far as, like, predictions went and then as far as also, like, the way things finished. So let's just get into the weeds first. And then move on from there quickly. Uh, you were dead on about uh, Jasmine fa- taking the underdog on Kay Hansen. I ended up taking that, not tracked, just to just to go with you. So appreciate it. Thank you. That one went easily. Kay Hansen yeah. really didn't have it. Yeah, she didn't really have any minutes. No there. reason okay. to be that big of a favorite. Kobe, I'm assuming performance bonus for this next one. Vanessa, yeah, just only mentioning it because of the performance bonus, but she got dropped hard with a. I think it was a straight right. I think maybe a right right hook i couldn't tell i don't remember but she she turned it into an arm bar and then i don't know if this is news and notes kobe but she apparently had a 13 year stripping career which is which is behind her now now that she's a ufc fighter uh looked for she threw that uh she threw that splits in celebration yeah she said that was a move (laughs) she worked on uh looked for nudes couldn't find him okay danny unbelievable prediction here i ended up laying off i psyched myself out but you, you you basically cleared it up perfectly. There are levels to this. Your big bet of the day, Matt, steamroll for Vola, beat uh, Valdez, ground and pound round one. I was, was a little your- nervous just with the game plan when he refused to take a step backwards. I'm like, dude, do you not remember being viciously knocked out? Like, just, I mean, the shell answer up is a little no. bit. He, the answer is <laughs> no, he doesn't remember. <laughs> so can I jump in real quick? As a casual I don't know how I want to phrase this. And this might be a racism too. So I, when I'm in, when I'm in my head and having not taped, when you guys are talking through this, yeah, I don't see, I didn't see the difference between a guy like Matt Frivola, the Jim Millers of the world, the Darren Elkins, Derek Minners, like that. I kind of grouped them all together. Frivola seems like another level from those guys. Mm. And I know that now, but I did tell Danny I feel like- I tailed Danny. And this might, you're right. I, it, we are t- drifting that line of racism, but Dan, I feel like Jim Miller is a perfect comp for Favola kind of. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I like that. That's, um, you don't think Favola is favorite over Miller right now? Right now. Yeah. Yeah. But Jim Miller has had a hall of fame, okay. super long career with great, I mean, ups and downs. but oh, here's, here's my thing is for Vola to me, First off, Valdez tough as nails. Dan, were you ever worried about Fervola gassing because he just didn't lay off and he and for some reason the ref wouldn't finish it? I mean, I didn't I mean he it ended soon enough that I didn't I get know. worried about the gas, but the game plan was I, I mean, I was raising my eyebrows. It was like, dude, you're just better than him. You can beat him yeah. if you don't like do get it done in this next flurry. You can whatever, but 
thankful he got it done and landed on yeah. that chin. Well, you were you were just so dead on the mark about there being levels to this because I really thought Valdez, I know he only really fought in the regional scene, but like I, I really thought he would have given a better effort than this. I mean, it was it was it was a steamrolling, honestly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh ankle picker Tony Gravely fought. I faded him here and by sub. I just want to say that I'm not mad about how this went. Like my reads were right and it just didn't execute. But like, for example, Gravely gave his neck a multitude of times. That first round, Guillotine, I actually thought was it. I actually almost wrote the bet off. I don't know how he slipped out. But but the sub was continuously being attempted. Um, and so I, I think that the plus 550 I got on it, plus, you know, I, I, I feel good is my point. Like, I know I lost, but I'm not kicking myself. Yeah, it was, it definitely shows that either there's a severe hole in his game or it's, that's all a trap. I mean, he seemed really comfortable in all those positions as tight as they looked. Um, even the one when he was up on the fence and couldn't really pass into yeah. side control. I don't know. I like, I, I don't have a great explanation for it. It's not something I love seeing out of my wrestlers that I'm, that I ever back. If, if they're leaving their neck on the wrong side of hips, just, but it seems like he's got a good game plan once the fight gets to the mat of securing the position and, and winning minutes, which is good to see. Yeah. I was actually going to say that. I think it's, I don't think it's, I think what it is is it's a huge hole in his game that he's actively working on and improving. I think that's where I'm at with it because his last time out before this Oliveira fight, he got caught in a really deep submission and got out of it. And out of his seven losses, five of them have been subs. So I think it's something that like, that's probably the toughest part of mending wrestling into a mixed martial arts career is that threat of submissions. So I I think it's going to get fixed. I think he's working on it, but it's just, I, I still like the read. Like for example, if he fought, What's a really good submission specialist at bantamweight? I'm just, I mean. I mean, Simon Oliveira should be. Yeah, he's, Simon He's a guy that I see yeah. having a lot of subs in the future. Yeah, which I, is I'm why not going to lie. Yeah, Simon Oliveira is, is, is a good crack at it. So, I, I don't know. I, I There were moments in the fight where I thought I had it, and it just didn't work out, and that's fine. But I, I still like the read. I just Pepper. think I just think maybe next time Gravity fights, I won't be as adamant that a sub's possible. But I, I'm still there. Okay. Um, another one I was just so fucking wrong on and, and there being levels to this is Pete Rodriguez gets absolutely stouched by JDM, uh, Jack Della Montalena. And, and was that a performance bonus, Kobe? Nope. It wasn't, believe it or not, but wow. Yeah. Rob, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let me be the first to pound the table. How much I love JDM. Yeah. I, was all yeah, over I could it. already tell. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with Kobe. Uh, I'm going to give him a dank wagers performance bonus. The first one ever given out of any fight card uh, for JDM. He, he's a guy that I'm really looking forward to see fight in the future. He's just fun. Yeah. He's real too. You know what I mean? Like he, he's, he's got the personality to an extent. He, he is talented enough. He's and he's 25. So it's like, this guy is going to have a lot of performance bonuses in his future. And he's going to have a lot of just wars. I mean, you can see, I, it cracks me up every time. You can just see that that smush nose didn't happen from him falling down the stairs. I mean, he, he goes into these wars, but you're right. There's just, there, there really is just levels to this. And you're looking at a guy that a lot of people see the, two, Oh, they're like, Oh, he's 11 and two. Well, I'm almost inclined to say he's 11 and Oh, because he's someone who only took one amateur fight and then dropped his first two fights. And after that, he's been on 11 fights kid. So a lot of people make that mistake, but at 25 years old, you know, this dude's going to be one of those contender series alums that I think makes noise. Uh, so, okay. I'm wrong. All right. Finally, I can say these words. I'm right. Victor Henry outduels uh, Honey Barcelos in that war cash that ticket. I think I got it locked in at like four something in the fours. We posted um, it. So yeah, but of course, of course, I put point. I put full unit on Oliveira, full unit on Pete Rodriguez, half unit on Victor Henry because I fucking pussed out. But nonetheless, that definitely saved my day. Um, in my opinion, I think Victor Henry is better than we thought he was. I think the stylistic fight for him was better of a matchup. I also don't. This doesn't really 
I, I'm not selling Honey Barcelos here. I, th- I still think he has a place in this division as well. Definitely. I mean, we're going to, I mean, he's got a pretty decisive win over a guy that probably has one of those performance bonuses that we'll talk about in a minute in Saeed. Um, yeah. And I still think that it wouldn't be a crazy line if you mass them up again. I think Saeed would be the favorite this time, even though he lost. But uh, yeah, Victor Henry looked awesome. He's, he looked way better than I thought he was going to. And, and exactly like you said, the wrestling was there to stop Hyone's grappling and whatnot. And he was just more durable and more active. He had the cardio to back it up. It was great. Yeah. And this fight card top to top down was just great. Honestly. Um, do you think Victor Henry can make a name for himself at 135? I mean, we mentioned it. He's 34 uh, or 35. Honey Barcelos is 34, 35. And he's just now making his UFC debut. He was adamant on the mic after the fact that he knows and he's aware that his opportunities are limited. He has one or two cracks at a run. Do you think that he could be a ranked bantamweight at some point in time? Or Because I know Barcelos was fringe. I mean, do you think he can be a ranked bantamweight? Do you think he can climb it? Or do you think this might be the peak of his UFC career? I think we'll see him win again. He's a guy that... I mean, his whole career has been fighting kind of top-level guys and top-level prospects. We mentioned the t- the win over Kyler Phillips uh, great on episode. That's a great one. It's I just, like you said, it's tough to get into the sport at 34. It's tough to break into this bantamweight division. Yeah, of all divisions, too. Yeah, it's just a crowded, crowded division. Yeah, it really is. Especially around that, like, 10 to 30 range. All of those guys are really, really damn good. And everyone can beat the other one. It's crazy. And you saw it here. I mean, Barcelos was really, he was ranked for a while. After his Timor Valley split, he was like 16, 17 worldwide on topology. I mean, that that's a good, good win. I mean, that's a really good win. So I, I don't want to write him off just yet. Okay. A newcomer making his uh, debut. I ended up placing Giles. I This is the definition of being an idiot. I have Trevin Giles on my fade list. He always has been. He's been a guy that I've been perennial fading, and I go, oh, you know, he, he's, he's got it for this kid. Um, looked good to start, too. I actually felt good. I thought Giles was getting the better of it, and then he wasn't. Um, he, he got caught. It, is this Michael Morales' kid a real deal? I know you were really hyped after the fight, but I'm wondering if you're more hyped because of – the persona, the youth, the record, or if you're more the youth hyped, goes into it a ton, or if you're more um, hyped because because he he I just thought his lose. movement looked great, his okay. movement, his timing, and his accuracy looked phenomenal. And at 22 years old, there's just a that's ton to build part. on. Yeah, that's the crazy part. The 22 part's the crazy part. But he's a guy to me that like, and I know there's a t- like like I always preach on this podcast. There's a lot like you can't you can't go into the gym and learn experience. You can only earn it in the middle of the octagon, he'll, he'll learn that he's 22, but I thought he was, I mean, there were moments where I, I felt good about my Trevin Giles bet until he, until he connected. I mean, it's one of those things that like the 20, 22 is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Like Chase Hooper is 22. Chase Hooper, and Chase Hooper is 22 yeah. and not, he's not heavier than Michael Morales, but can you imagine Chase like knocking anyone out? No, just, no, 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 no. A different. Yeah. Different. No, Morales definitely has a higher chance of like, of of capturing something remarkable but here's and i know we're spending a little time on this code but th- this is the one prospect that i really want to talk about just because i'm curious where danny the prospect man himself i know he's really happy to have hyped after the fight is the sky the limit for this 22 year old like does he is there a chance that he's that he's facing Kamzad in, in five years for the title? Like, where where are you with him? Like, I know it's early. I know it's early. And if you have no, comment, I think five years fine. down the road, I'll be a lot more confident. At like twenty seven, he'll be in his prime. I don't think he's about to go on a run. I think he's got to switch gyms. He's still in in Ecuador, just at the local Gracie Bar yeah, affiliate. He, he had like I was I I sorry for cutting you off, but he had. Um, before his contender series bout, it was really hard for him to even get in. Like he was getting nothing but small regional fights and the contender series fight. He took a huge loss on because he had to get out of Ecuador to the UFC apex, bring his gym and stuff like it's for him. He never had the opportunities that a lot of these American born fighters talk about just being able to get a shot, um, which, which I, I give him a notch. I'm, I'm excited. 
Right. No, I, I, I agree. It sucks that kind of that shitty, like he couldn't, it wasn't as easy right. for him during the contender series and an amateur and whatnot. But I do think, like you said, the sky's the limit. He gets into American top team or, or yeah, um, like an, an M- Kings MMA or, I mean, Rufus sport anywhere. I think he's a real contender for 170. And I think he's, he's got the, he's got the striking to build off of. Mm-hmm. I agree. He definitely, and that goes back to like our Tony Gravely conversation a while ago is where, what you want to start building off of, you know, wrestling being a foundation, but yeah, I mean, he's a phenomenal striker knocked out a guy who can grapple and Trevin Giles. Um, I'm, I'm excited. For He's got game. some mission wins too. Yeah. Gracie Barra affiliated. So, I mean, I, I, I've never seen him as grappling. I'm not going to sit here and say right. that he's but, like, but still, but still let's put a pin in him because I, I think he's someone that we're going to talk about a couple more times on this podcast, at least. Okay. I'm now Kobe. Here's the performance bonus. Okay. Yeah. Getting, yep. getting the nod from the, from country club. Sayedner Magomedov submission guillotine over Cody Stamen. Anyone who tuned into the live or saw the live on YouTube, you would have seen that I was asking the chat to clip that at, at Danny's remarks of Cody Stamen not being good enough, not being. It should be worth Malorton itself. Oh you my should have gosh. to go pour yourself I, a glass. Dude, look, look, look. I'm just going to fashion. Fuck a shot. I'm going to, I'm just going to come out and say, I, I'm going to be honest here. This card, I was just wrong. I was wrong on a lot of stuff. I'm not even going to, I'll eat. I brag when I win. I will eat sand when I lose. I was just wrong. Dan had this one down to the T. Saeed hit him with a spin kick, got that. I mean, he just da- styled on him at different levels. So for a guy like Stamen that I thought was a, a ranked bantamweight worthy, I, I was wrong. So delete those clips, chat. They're not necessary. You can trash those. Fuck. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a ton more to add. You broke it down perfectly, but I'm excited about Saeed. I was shocked he wasn't ranked come Monday morning. Um, but it goes back to exactly what we were talking about. The 10 through 30 at Bantamweight is just ridiculous. loaded. Yeah, ridiculous. He he's yeah, they so Tapology has him at 17. Um and I think everyone ahead of him is in the UFC. But like look, 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 like Pedro Munoz is nine, he's 35. Cheeto Vera is 10, Marlon Marais is eleven. He's he's lost a lot. He's gonna probably lose to Song Yudong. O'Malley's 12, finally getting ranked. Then you got Frankie Edgar, obviously down skid. Uh, Song Yudong, 14. Ricky Simone. Oh my, Ricky Simone's 15 is what we're talking about here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Tyler Casey Phillips, Kenny 15, unranked. Kyler Phillips Julian unranked. Paiva, Casey Kenny. Yeah. Timur Violet. Timur Violet. Yeah, it's crazy. Jack Shore, Nez, Haniyaya, Nathaniel Wood. I mean, there's just too many guys that. Yeah. That's Montel Jackson. It's crazy. Are good enough to be ranked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. So we'll see him fight it out, and he'll definitely be ranked. But nonetheless, the dude just made an absolute mockery of a guy that I I hold respect in in Cody Stamen. That was quick, and it was phenomenal. I mean, it he, it was, it was a tactician at work, a warm knife through butter. It was crazy. Looking really far down that list, not to go, not to extend too much, but Umar Nurmagomedov sitting at forty three. 13 and 0. Is Umar the one? You got to imagine. Okay, never mind. Who's He's the, the one, one who ran through Morozov night through butter. No, who, who's, who's the Nurmagomedov before they hold gold in every single division? Um, Who's the Nurmagomedov who tapped and then had to sit in a cryo chamber for like <laughs> as punishment? <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Um, Yeah. Is that not Saeed? No, it's no, not Saeed. It is. Um, it's not Saeed. It's his brother. It's bad with a, Whatever. Abubakar. Abubakar, yeah, 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 he got he got stuck in a cryo chamber. Okay, Michelle Pereira versus Andre Filio, another one we have to. T- we're just touching on every fight here, Kobe. I'm sorry, tough tough tomatoes. We're already there. Um, yeah, we're already. That's my point. We have no. There's no way out. Um, Michelle Pereira beat Andre Fahilio. Uh, Fahilio, I, I took the Portuguese. Fialo. Fialo. I took the Portuguese, or the yeah the Portuguese man. He lost. Uh, Pereira looked good. Looked sharp. They both had their moments. I just want though my big takeaway from this was a P- Pereira seems more dedicated to his craft. B I don't know how the fuck he hits 170. And C uh, I am very impressed with his gas tank. That's the number one thing I've seen improve fight over fight. Yeah, I I thought that he looked really impressive, and I was yeah, and he's I mean exactly what you said. I echo it all. I think that a patient Michelle Pereira game plan Michelle Pereira is a scary thing for 170. 
170 is, I, is becoming a loaded, loaded, loaded division. I mean, you've got guys like Michelle that are scary. Like, a Michelle with a proper striking game plan could cause problems for a guy like Hamzat. Is that a hot take? Is that scorching hot? No, I, I it's scorching hot as in he would be a plus 300 dog, but it's not scorching hot as in I agree with you, like stylistically. And I think he's big enough. I think that I think that'd be a really, really fun fight. I agree. I think it's and, and that's a fight that I think could get made too, realistically. I mean, they both have uh entertaining and stylistic, but like I don't know if you've seen, but and I'm sure we're gonna talk about news and notes, so I don't want to get too bogged down, but Usin was talking about going up and wait, and then Kamzat was saying don't run, and then Kamzat said in that don't run that he's that he's going to take out Burns in the same night. So I I do think Gilbert versus Kamzat's probably going to happen, and Gilbert when, the wands are going to be hilarious. Gilbert's actually going to be look like a child because mm-hmm. he's closer to one fifty five, and Hamzat's closer to one eighty five. So that'll be a fun time. Yeah, but, but yeah, Pereira looked good, styled on him well. He. he He's not ranked at 170 either, is he? No, he's just outside at 16. But, I mean, I I favor him over a guy like Ponzi or Leach or Jeff Neal right now. Yeah. Plus, I mean, like, his loss to Diego Sanchez was a win. It was an illegal knee. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's, he's – And the Tristan Connolly was just like – Yeah, it was him learning. And then yeah. the rest, the rest, he's – I mean, he finished Danny Roberts, and everything else from there has been wins. Perfect. So he, it's been yeah. perfect. Yeah, he, he looks great. Okay, let's talk title fights. So we hit our ankle lock last week. That ended up being Deverson Figueredo, if you tuned into the live. And a lot of people were saying Moreno got screwed. A lot of people are saying they got to run it back. I scored it for Figgy, 3-2, 100%. 1-3-5. Um, what? Figgy, 1-3-5. Yeah, yeah, okay, I was saying, okay, 3-2. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I was just confused. Um, but yeah, Figgy, Figgy definitely took it down and then he, uh, said he's going to run it back so that, but I mean, it's impossible not to love Brandon Moreno. I could go on for hours about how awesome both these guys are, but clear top one, two, in my opinion, I think winner of Asker probably gets the winner of their run back, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. Anything I don't know. I, I don't think that I see it. This might be a bad take or an unpopular take, but I don't know that. Brandon's done enough for me that he deserves another immediate rematch. I think he kind of has to go win one. I, I think I think the issue is the fact that Figgy got an immediate rematch, which people didn't necessarily – because Figgy never defended it either. Yeah, I mean, he he didn't technically win it the first time against Joe B, but he did defend it against Perez and then drew with Moreno. So the loss was when he when Moreno no, had the belt. That no, was didn't his... he win it for the first time against Perez because he missed weight against Joe B? No, he fought Joe B twice. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so he fought Joe B twice, beat Perez, drew Moreno, lost to Moreno. And then I think the reason why they want to run it back is just because Moreno feels like he won. Figgy, I don't know. I, I don't know. The I would love to see it again. It was a fun-ass fight. It, it's all been a fun fight every time they fought. Fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah, it has. It's been exciting, too. But the only thing is it's like Flyweight has Asker Askarov waiting in the wings, Alexander Pantoja, and then who's the other – who's Asker fighting at 25? Kai Carr-France, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then Alex Perez also. I know he just got a shot, but he's waiting in the wings as well. Yeah, um, so that, that – there, I agree. I think that running it back would stall the division, but I do think that's the route they're probably going to go. I thought it was so cool when in the Octagon after the fight – Figueredo's first thing was I want to fight Moreno again and I want to yeah, do it in Mexico. That was cool. That was cool. The other thing too is it's interesting. So I think this is probably news and notes too, but Cejudo was in Figgy's corner and then some fighter might've been Jerry Prohaska, I think wants Cejudo training him in his and, and be in his corner for his fight. I think it was Jerry. I'm not hundred percent sure, but dude, Cejudo, someone who retired, but he's someone who's going to have his hands on this sport for a very, very long time. What's well, the combo too- right now of Cejudo, Eric Albarracin, and John Jones? It's a pretty attractive yeah. spot John down Jones in Kings too. MMA. And, yeah. And I think Phoenix, Tucson. Yeah, I don't know. But I, all, what I do know is that you're, you're 
you're dead right in this back that it's like talk about having championship level minds inside. Like for someone like Jerry, who's going to go after it, it's a good, it's as good a guy as any to have in the corner. And then I think Cejudo's probably going to try to weasel his way into something, but I, I don't think we've seen the last of him, but nonetheless. Okay. Let's get this to the main event. Fight of the night too. Fight of the night. Okay, cool. Let's get to the main event because Dan, uh, this one makes no sense. I could run this fight in a simulation a hundred times and not one of them was going to be Cyril outstrikes him for two rounds and then gets out grappled for three by Nganu. That never, that never would have crossed my mind. No, um, absolutely not. And hats off to Nganu for so many different things. I mean, gas tank for one gas tank game plan, knowing you're down two rounds and being like, I've never, had to use anything besides my striking in anything in this sport. And I've got to flip it on a switch in championship rounds against my toughest test. It was, it was cool to see. Yeah, no, it was. And no, it it, it was really cool to see. It was frustrating to see though, as a guy who thought gone was going to win back and gone. And then also a guy who, I know that the UFC has all these dramas and you're going to hear about news and notes and then wants to go to boxing and all this shit. I think it would have been easier transition if gone won. Also, I want to ask, do you think gone has an IQ issue? I think that that is a fair question. Um, especially right at the end of the fight when he was talking that it didn't seem like he knew that, um, if he hadn't gotten swept, it was his round. And it, the, the top position was there for him to him to just lay the hammer down, and and he kind of it was simple scissor sweep. Well, he but, went for that. He went for the was it? I think it was a heel hook, not a knee bar. Yeah, but, it was a heel hook. Yeah, so he went for a heel hook, and then that is what cost him the round. But I, so, there was also the sweep where he was just on didn't top. the sweep come from the submission. I thought before? it was. I don't know. I don't, don't remember. Argue, but I, I didn't watch the it back. Sweep but, was first, but and then he. Regardless of what it is, I don't. I think that if you run that one back, he wins. I think if you run it back a couple more times, he wins. And I'm just like, this is one of those ex- the experiences you learn. You can only learn in there. Like a veteran just doesn't let that happen to him. And Ghana proved that. And Ghana's the veteran. Mm-hmm. But so you know. I just I think that we're at a influx here for heavyweight because I think Ngannou is going to be inactive. He's having problems with the UFC. I think, and then I think the heavyweight division is at a place where Stipe doesn't want it again. I mean, he might, but like no one really wants that fight. Uh, Cyril Gans at three, and then you got or two and got, blades. Derek Lewis isn't going to like. I mean, Derek Lewis doesn't want the fight. He's been adamant about not being in five round fights, but he also been there done that blades has been knocked out twice by Ngannou um but 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 here's what's weird here's what's weird here's what's weird I think blades loses to Ngannou if they fought again but I think blades could beat gone and then I I think gone could beat Ngannou I think that I don't know that that, that kind of put me in a pretzel to be honest uh I, I don't think that I would back Curtis Blades against either of those guys that we saw fight in the main event last week, especially after the grappling display. Um, well, then we're think, just at a point. We're just at a point now, then, where it's gonna, it's just gonna be. There might be an interim belt that Gon takes again. I, I don't know what this heavyweight, but this heavyweight division's a mess. Can we turn this into the kind of the news and notes transition? Because Definitely. let's sure. talk through the Ngannou yeah, situation. Fine. Well, let's talk. Okay, G- give us the details on the Ngannou situation. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to add a little bit of context here, and I, I I think I have this all down, but tell me if I'm wrong in any of these. So I don't know enough about it. I just know that there's lawsuits. It's totally a weird situation. Yeah. I, I think that the the headline here is that the UFC really doesn't have a point of leverage over Ngannou at this point. So we all are aware of the championship clause or the champ clause that would, you know, bring a fighter back while they're holding a belt for whatever reason. I think that expires at the end of 2022 for Ngannou because of the way that his contract is is written out. So 
we you heard post fight, which by the way, Dana White wasn't in the octagon to put the belt on Ngannou, which is weird. And then it, he it's blew petty, off, is what it is. It's petty, and then he blew off the post fight presser too, which is also weird slash petty slash didn't want to answer questions because he, he's sitting at a point of no leverage, which is unfamiliar territory for Dana. So he's got Ngannou, who's the belt holder, who just in the octagon post fight says that he has a partially torn ACL and a torn MCL, which we now know that he's take, he's getting surgery for, which is going to hold him out for the rest of 2022. So it makes it even worse, by the way, sidebar, Dan, that got that that he got oh, that yeah. with all those knee issues. Fuck right. me. So got so Ngannou's out for the rest of 2022. He's you know the current belt holder. But because the championship clause, I guess, is set to expire at December 31st of 2022, he really is a true free agent before his next fight. So he can pick his price in the UFC. He can pick his price elsewhere. He's, you know, flirted with Tyson Fury. But it's kind of unprecedented for this belt holder to, and UFC to not have this championship clause over a fighter without retiring while they're still active, while they're still an active fighter. So... In the meantime, I, I guess it kind of leaves Dana again in this weird spot where we were just talking about it. It's an uncomfortable situation where we're going to make another, in, like whether we want to call it interim title, whether we want to call it just with whether Dana wants to strip Nganu right now, like it's kind of not, it doesn't pass the sniff test, right? Right. So what do we do with this heavyweight division? Dana and, and, and the rest of the UFC is just at a point of zero leverage. They're going to get... I mean, Francis is going to pick his fight if you want, or pick his fight and pick his price if he wants to fight again in the UFC for the belt that's, you know, he rightfully owns. Or they can strip it now and not, you know, wait out this whole waiting game of, well, let's see what he does after his surgery nine months down the road. Like, there's no way they're not going to have a title fight I, in the heavyweight division for nine months. I also feel like this is going to be something that plagues or negatively affects Cyril's career because. They're not going to give him an opportunity to get it back because Ngannou, A, is not going to be here for nine months. B, obviously, is interested in, in a boxing career. He, he said it on the mic. I will do that before my career is over. And I think that if, let's just say, they run back Cyril versus, doesn't matter who. I'm just going to say Tom Aspen. Doesn't matter who. If Cyril's the intern chap again, even if he defends it, it's going to be the DC type effect where it's like, well, you know, he didn't beat John Jones. Well, he, he didn't beat... Nganu, so he'll always have that stain, even though it's not his fault. Does yeah, that make I, sense? Yeah. And so I I worry that with Nganu potentially being that being his last walk to the octagon, and then also John Jones waiting in the wings, if that's even a thing anymore. I don't fucking know. I I feel I think the one that this affects the most, even more than Nganu, is Cyril. Cyril even said as much too in his post-fight presser, where he said that he would he would feel weird fighting for a title belt that wasn't fighting exactly coming up right. next, or or he does an interim, then defends the interim. But like no matter how many times he defends the interim, there's going to be the question: Oh well, he couldn't beat Francis, just like yeah. DC, first bout Hall of Famer. But oh well, he couldn't beat John Jones. DC did get multiple shots at it though. Yeah. But, but there were always caveats to the shots. Well, even if it was one picogram in an Olympic swimming pool or whatever, like it's it still, there was always some sort of plague that makes people think that DC didn't get his fair shot. Definitely. Who said this sport isn't dramatic? This shit's I'm not like, sure. I'm not sure that Vince McMahon could have written this script. It's no, so weird. that's what I'm saying. People, girls, especially, were like, with, especially with Francis and Cyril, you know, training with the same coach and right. It's no, people thing. are like, I want to watch uh, Bachelor for the drama. I mean, this this shit, is, this is the most catty shit I've ever seen. Anything else to cover on the heavyweights right now? We we pretty much covered that. Um, I, I I'm good. I don't know if Dan's got anything. Dan was dead on the mark. If we want to pivot into some more catty shit, uh, some news and notes. I think that, um, what was it? First round management is beefing with another big management firm. Um, oh, this is a terrible segment because I can't remember the other one. But the Cowell brothers are back being scumbags and just poaching fighters and, yeah, trying to steal other people's money. But whatever. I mean, I, I that that's capitalism at its finest, baby. I'm a fan. Um. Let's talk through some non-fight announcement news and notes. 
this isn't really news, but we had we saw the picture of Hamzat, Hafel Fazeev, and Piotr Jan training Tiger Muay Thai. Yeah. Awesome. Scary yeah, to think of Hamzat trained by Fazeev. That's <laughs> just a scary fighter. Dude. Fazeev um, also has a main event coming up. Yeah, we talked I saw about when they when they showed the card preview on 270. I, I know he's got a main event against RDA, right? Yeah, RDA. That's a sweet fight. Um, we also have let's talk strike back for a second. We don't have a whole lot of information, but we would you guys just take it where you want to go. Is it, it called strike back? I thought it was just UFC strike or whatever. Whatever. Long story short, it's the NFTs. They promoted it hard on UFC 270. Dan knows more about it than I do. He he got me into the live drop, but I'll, yeah, Dan, I'll let you explain this one because you definitely know it better than me. That's yeah, it's tough because I'm also a little bit cloudy. It's from what I can understand, it's I mean they're NFTs, but essentially um, more similar to just online trading cards than anything else. There's the contender um, moments tier, yeah, the contender tier and the championship tier. Championship tier are the elite um, sought after rare ones. I didn't get any of those, sadly yeah. enough. But I did get some really fun fucking moments. Some Jerry Prohaska elbows, a Francis and Ganu knockout, Terrence McKinney's seven second KO, um, and hope uh, hopefully that they like grow as like NBA Top Shot did, and like we're seeing other NFT markets similar grow. I just don't really know exactly how they'll be used or yeah involved in in some kind of future metaverse or some fucking blockchain or whatnot and don't ask me because i won't pretend i to also know. i also feel like they were a little bit like one they were like a little bit the cart before the horse in the aspect where, where there's no marketplace set up yet there was a glitch that gave people their money back and did you say a free pack or i don't know what exactly what's happening and then so so it, it definitely was a little bit i think premature but Dana's been adamant about the metaverse, the VR space, all this shit. So, uh, it's, so we're it's in on it, but not because yeah. we have strong opinions on it just yet. Right. Just to get your toe in the water, you know, because if I, if I missed the boat, I was, I was telling Dan pre-show about how Dan and I were preaching comms out rookie cards and, and how good he is and all this shit way before his rookie card really took off. Now it took off. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars. So I was just rubbing salt in the wound pre-show. And so it, it's kind of like if, if, if Dan and I missed the boat on this, it, it's just a tough scene. You know what I mean? Oh, I sold my NFT, my UFC NFT for 10 grand. And then Dan and I, the ankle pick pod guys don't own any. That'd be a tough scene. Dan it's going to be a lot better when there's a marketplace and we can pinpoint fighters by low, sell all the, sell all the Marlon Marais's, <laughs> right buy all the hamzats but yeah that's so exciting many, news. long short of it is there's just many clips that are an nft on a, on something or other and and it's it's worth checking out if you're a ufc fan or even more so if you're a crypto fan or nft fan or whatever less exciting news before we get to fight announcements pink slip for jeremy stevens who's gonna say it who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, no, I it's, I mean, he's one of those Jim Miller types too, just a guy who just exists. Um, but someone on Twitter posted a list of every fight he's ever taken, every every person he's ever fought. The dude never shied away from a fight. You can say whatever. I mean, it's got to be the entire division, right, dude? But it's also all the young prospects too. Like he fought Matus Gamrat, obviously last time out. Uh, Yair Rodriguez, those guys, and then he's fought like the Jim Millers and all. I mean, Holloway, yeah, Pettis, Cerrone, twice, I think. Yeah, it's just crazy. Um, so you know, it's a career well spent. I don't know how old he is, and I don't know if he plans on going to PFL or. I think we'll see him again. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Eagle FC. There's a fun ass Eagle FC card this weekend, and um, I know they. No, it's 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 tomorrow. Ooh, is it? Today, as you're listening. Uh Uh-huh. Today. It's Friday night. So, yeah. I mean, that'll be interesting to see how that promotion goes. and just Tyrone Spong by knockout. Yeah. Rashad Evans. Oh, okay. So, random. But a commission turned down a fight the other day in Bare Knuckle FC, the Florida commission, believe it or not, of all commissions, of Melvin Gilliard. Do you know who that is? 
Yeah. Yeah, he's on the Ultimate Fighter. He was one of like he has no business accepting a bare knuckle fight right now. So he's already been knocked out four times in bare knuckle. He's on a 14 fight skid. 11 of those are all by knockout. And he officially turned down his bear, or he didn't turn down. The commission turned down sanctioning his fight. He's suspended pending uh, brain scans and brain testing and all that shit. But uh, yeah, bare knuckles under some heat just because. They're, they're getting some slack from commissions saying that they recycle fighters too much. I mean, they have old guys past their prime, past the hump in their 40s fight, you know, multi, like once and then two months later fight again. And, and and so I know we already had a death in there and that's the athletics job, but but props to the Florida Commission for stepping in. Uh, yeah. Because apparently it's not, yeah, he's just not healthy. So. Anything I mean, else before we get to fight announcements? No, start ripping through. All right, in order here. March 5th, Edson Barbosa and Bryce Mitchell. Sweet fight. Yeah, that one's awesome. I thought that was already – I thought we went over that already. That one's been something I've been eyeing for a while. Yeah, that that, that fight's cool. We have a headliner for the London card, March 19th, Volkov and Tom Aspinall. Yeah, Aspinall's a guy who's going to get that gym popping or that arena popping. Aspinall's a a, – he's – I think he was born in England, and he's just a guy who's just an absolute beast. And that'll be a tough test for him as well. Yeah, a lot of great kickboxing between the two of them. It's gonna. I mean, I don't expect to see much wrestling at all. Yeah, it's it's heavyweights who strike and move kind of like light heavyweights, so it's it, it'll be fun. Also on that London card, Arnold uh, Arnold Allen and Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker, man, he seems busy as hell these last six months. The other thing, too, is on the flip side, Arnold Allen's a guy who I marked as a top prospect. He beat Sadiq Youssef. A lot of people are talking about this guy. He's undefeated. He's had great success in the USC. And he, he just disappeared for two years or whatever. So I'm excited to see him back. Like, I want I, I hope he doesn't have ring rust and, and picks up where he left off. The following week, I believe, is also fans in the crowd, but not a pay-per-view event. I think that's Columbus, 326, Neil Magny and Max Griffin. Okay, yeah, don't care. That one I don't care about. That's on the – who is that? That's the Rakic-Lahovic card, I believe. Yeah. Um, moving on to April, April 16th, Vicente Luque, Bilal Muhammad two rematch. Saw that. I saw that, that dude, I, I, am going to come out and say a statement. I think Vicente Luque is the guy who gets the least amount of love, most underrated guy. They never give him a good fight. He's been on like a, a 10 fight tear or some shit. I know he lost to Steven. I Thompson. love that matchup for him, even though he no, lost wonder boy and Bilal smoked wonder boy. Yeah, no, I, I like that matchup for him, but it's like it, Luke, I just feel like kind of gets dusted a little bit where it's like he he's fought the who's who. He's had a lot of fights and he just stays at like almost like a gatekeeper role a little bit. It, it's but yeah, this 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 one's because after the case of fight, I go, OK, they're going to start talking about him as a potential title guy. And now he's fighting below Muhammad again. It's just it, I don't know. It's weird. April 23rd, Jessica Andrade, Amanda Lemos. Very fun. Wow, yeah. that's a fun matchup of Brazilian women. That'll be violent. Poha. We have not even the headliner of UFC 274, but we've got two UFC 274 title fights. Glover Teixeira and Yuri Pohazka, as well as... Chucky Olives, Justin Gaethje, both 274. Wait, what's the headliner? I'm guessing it's Chucky Olives, Justin Gaethje. Oh, I, wait, 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 wait. I thought you just said Chucky Olives. Chucky Olives, Justin Gaethje, Glover Teixeira, Yuri Prasco, all on 274. Oh, you, you, okay. Your opening was not the headliner. Thought you meant about both fights. Now I'm realizing you just meant the Pohashka fight. Okay, proceed. Sorry. That was it. I'm excited for both those. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, and we're still looking for a location for that one. TBD. Uh, last fight announcement, a little bit even further down the road, May 15th, Vivian Araujo and KGB Lee. I don't know. I never know how to say that name. Arujo. Arujo. Uh, 
I probably like Vivian there. I, I think KGB Lee is yet to show me. She's and, been on the wrong side of every decision. Yeah, but what does Dana say? Don't leave it in the hand of the judges. Dumbest thing. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, she KGB's definitely given me like I I haven't been so like I was super high on her and she hasn't given me like she hasn't sold me yet if that makes sense. There. That's uh, what I got for fight announcements and all of news and notes. So if you guys got anything else before we move into set the spread. I, I went and fact-checked myself. Uh, the beef was first-round management, the Kawas. So they managed guys like John Jones and Mighty Mouse and Masvidal, Woodley, the Pettises, Yoel Romero, and then Sucker Punch MMA that is like, I mean, it's Brett Johns, Kelleher, Felder, um, Kunahele, Soriano, Patolo, just just two really big entrusted names um in the in the MMA management space. I mean Danny Ige, Mirsad Bektic, Sadiq Youssef, Sabatini, Tucker Lutz. And, and so what's Sean happening? Brady. And so what exactly is happening? First round management is being accused of sliding into the entire client or of one spreading misinformation and like bad press i guess about like sucker punch yeah um and then also at the same time um sliding into all their fighters dms and, and talking about how they're underpaid because of their management team mm. yeah that's shady business practices for sure all right want to get into set the spread country yep February 5th, UFC Vegas 47. I think that's what's next in line here. Um, just the dumbest numbering schemes. I mean, it's sequential, but it's just hard to keep track of. I mean, we just well, got to get, really. we just got to get our ass out of the apex and into arenas with fans, and we can stop calling it Vegas, whatever, because we'll, they'll sell out crowds and then it'll be awesome. It sounds like we're the starting March. Too, We've got a couple of fight night cards in a row. In the other thing, years. too, quickly, before we get into set the spread, it was noticeable about how much bigger the octagon was at 270 than, like, in the apex. And we were I was debating with some of the people I was watching with, do you think Nganu's line drops, like, or, get, like, gets 50 points more in his favor in the apex versus a room with an octagon that much room? Like, Let's say that fight took it's place. It's hard later. for it'd be hard for Cyril to move. That's the way what he I'm did. saying. It's like it's it's so much smaller. Yeah, big time. So we did record a little bit out of order. We already recorded our set to spread for 271, even though that's not released yet. So we're not gonna say who won that. Save the suspense. Danny's coming off the most recent win that's been published at one one, and that'll still be the case when you hear next week. For, uh, like we said, UFC 271. So Danny's going to kick things off for us as we set some spreads for this Vegas card headlined by Jack Hermanson and Sean Strickland. Again, we don't have necessarily, we're a little bit ahead still. We don't have the total main, or what is it, main card. So we picked a few, but we're going to roll through with these. So I'm ready if you guys are. Let's fucking go. Welterweight bout, smiling Sam Alley and Phil Hawes. Dan, go ahead. Yeah, this is a name that I immediately thought of when I heard the um, little heathen news today. How the fuck is Sam Elvey still under contract when he is on a one, two, three, four, five, six fight losing skid with a draw mixed in there too? He has not won in the octagon since 2018 against John Volante. There's no way he's a favorite here. I mean, Phil Hawes is, is very capable on the other end, too. It's not like I'm just writing Sam Elvey off against me. But um, I'm not super worried about the Chris Curtis loss. Chris Curtis has looked or has proved to be better than I expected. Um, and, and, and Hawes has looked nice kind of before that with the wins over Malkoon, Imabov, and Daukas. So I have him as a pretty substantial favorite here. I'm going to go Phil Hawes minus 350. I'm going to go Phil Hawes minus 360. 
Whatever Dan was doing, I was going over. Sam Alvey is a absolute bum. Dan, you could have said 400. I was going to do 410. Not even going to do research. Not even going to look at the records. Don't need to. Sam Alvey is going to get smoked here by finish. So 360. This is some damn good capping. Open minus 300 about two weeks ago, middle of January. Sitting right now minus 340. Oh, I was scared I, for a second. <laughs> I was, I thought you were going to say move past me. No, poha, poha, poha. That actually, like, I'm not even playing. Like, that that's like a a haws by finish, or like just a haws is actually worth like a parlay piece there. I'll be really. And, and, I mean, and, how is Jeremy Stevens cut from the UFC today, dude? I don't. And Sam Alvey has a fight in a weekend. Sam Alvey's got dirt on Dana. That's the only explanation. Or that smile is just irresistible. That too. That could be. Isn't his wife Gina Monsanto? No, that's that's your boy Tim Elliott. My bad. Retracting. Next fight, we've got another welterweight bout that we're going to run through here. Shavkat Rachmanov, Carlston Harris, Reese, kick things off. All right, this one I'm going to need to explain a little bit more. Carlston Harris is a guy that I was, uh, I, Dan, I don't remember if we ankle locked him or if I just was all over him for Impakasanga and I took him as a dog. Loved it. He he starts off slow ish and he also is like over that hump he's one of those guys that made his ufc debut at 33 um i don't know if it's inactivity or i, I don't know what that is and then on the other side you got shavkat who i think carlson harris would be the favorite against a lot of people shavkat's not one of them uh we talk about him a lot here but you know he, he beat michelle Pereira's. he beat i mean the alex Oliveira isn't that big of a deal but yeah i mean shavkat is is humongous he's got um, tremendous size, tremendous skills. I actually do think it's going to be in the 200s, Dan, even though I really like Carlston. So I'm going to go Shavkat minus 210, Carlston plus 180 or 190 or whatever. I, I just think that's the perfect range because Shavkat with a one is an easy bet. Shavkat with a two is now where I start wondering if 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 Carlston's the play. You said 210? Two, 210 locked in in favor of Shav, Shavkat. I'm a little worried, Reese, because I am incredibly biased on this one. I, I mean, Shavkat is kind of my 1B prospect behind Hamzat on my list that I had a couple of years ago. He comes He's, out of prison, man. We're hammering that. He is the real fucking deal. I am kind of thinking there might be a three in front of this, man. I, and the only reason I'm not is because Shavkat hasn't had the same coming out party. Guys like Hamzat and Patty Pimblett and Chris Curtis and Terrence McKinney that – I mean, the public are all over and, and have pegged as, as these next big guys. And I think that Shavkat's right on the cusp of that. I think he's a lot better than all of those guys, honestly. I think he's a lot more well-rounded. Uh, I mean, not Hamza, but I I put him in the same conversation. And I think he has all the same skills, including the crazy size and strength advantage in the division. I want to go three, but I'm going to go 275 because I know I'm biased. Yeah, that's high. You hate you. You're hating on Carlson Harris now, man. Shavkat's damn good. Shavkat's gonna be huge in there too. He's just a ginormous dude. Reese is taking the point. Danny could have Price is right in one minus two thirty. Oh, thank you, I, I, I would have gone over two thirty. Man, that's I, would, I, would, I wasn't gonna go lower than two fifty. And the Price is right on the last one was less so Price is right and more of a statement that Sam Alvey's trash. That's good, That's good sportsmanship, Dan. Good sportsmanship. Um, we're going to do a light heavyweight bout next. Danilo Marquez and Jalton Almeida coming off Contender Series. Um, hey. Dan. Wait, wait, wait. What'd you, which one did you say? Oh, Jalton Almeida versus Danilo Marquez. Cool. Yeah, these are really exciting, uh, I guess, debut for Jalton. Um, he's got crazy submissions. He's really, really talented in that aspect and is also just a Muay Thai ace. I guess maybe not ace, but he's very capable. Um, and Daniel Marquez is a lot to a, – a, a big first bite in terms of your debut. Um, he's I know he's on a skid, just a small skid, but uh, Kenny and Chuck Wee. And then what really sways me is – his submission underground performance against Gabriel Checo, 
who's actually going to be fighting Rashad Evans tonight in Eagle FC, if you're listening to this. Gabriel Checo is another ace of a jiu-jitsu player similar to Jelton, and um, he was kind of able to control, both control Danilo and get it done um, via rear naked. So I think that Jelton's going to be a favorite. I just don't think it's going to be so big because, I mean, it is his debut. He is unproven, although he's got the record to back it up. Um I'm going Jelton minus 275. See, there's two reasons. Because I think the sub is going to be even. There, I agree. There's there's two reasons why I think it, it's going to be significantly higher. One is, yes, yeah, subs are going to be even. Um, but Jelton looked so fucking good in his contender series to the point where country club and other people that, that aren't as deep into the, the prospect game are excited for this guy's octagon debut. He looked that good. The other thing about Danilo Marquez is he um, not only is coming off a loss, but he's 36 years old. And it's like, I feel like when it comes to these lines and these guys that are this old, the young guys are just minus too much, even if it's not even worth it. I think, I think at your line, I I'm definitely taking the other side. Um, so I'm gonna go. Man, now you're making me second guess. You play it straight at two seventy five. I do, hundred percent. I do. Yeah. Um, I just because well, be, I think mainly a lot of it's because even if the submissions are even, there's still a, a a huge edge for Almeida and he's six years younger. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, it's a guy who hasn't lost since I, mean, I guess 20, he just fights a lot, 2018, but um, yeah, I, I think, I think I'm going to go higher. I think I'm going to go significantly higher. Uh, I don't want to price his right. You, I'm going to go like three fifty. Minus three fifty for Almeida, and even there, I kind of want to play it. Then, this is a parlay piece for me. This far out, I can already tell there's going to be a parlay piece for me. You're oh, not going to get call. an opportunity to play him at three fifty because he's sitting at three ninety. Almeida. Oh, wow. What did it open at? Out of curiosity, is that two ten on Christmas? So Dan, so there you go. So it opened. You had the the you had the right idea. It's just when people, no offense, Country Club, but when people like Country Club are excited for this guy. And people that aren't super deep are like, oh, I saw him on Contender Series. Like, I know multiple people who have this guy marked. The line's going to be higher. Damn. Yeah. I'm excited for him, but I didn't have him pegged like that. We've got a middleweight bout that we're going to run through next. I'm I'm pretty confident this is going to be on the main card here. We've got Punele Soriano and Nick Maximov. Tapology, it's announced as main card, so it's safe. One of the only two. Reese, your turn. Reese is kicking it off. So, Nick Maximov made his UFC debut on that Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz card, and I think the biggest takeaway, Dan, come the next day, is how disappointed we were in the performance. Um, Very underwhelming. He didn't dominate like we thought he did. He's a guy who's an absolute gamer. Fluctuates in weight a lot. Does a lot of submission grappling. he, he's he's absolutely a a gamer for sure, um, but he's just so young in his UFC career. He didn't impress me in his last time out. Punali Soriano, on the other hand, um, is a guy who, in his few fights, and it, it has been few, he's impressed me. He impressed me against Jimmy Pickett. He impressed me against Dusko. Um, I know he lost to Brendan Allen, but you know how we think of Brendan Allen. So I I think Punali is going to be the favorite here. Uh, I think it's be kind of sizable too, Dan. And and I might this one might be embarrassing because I know I know people were excited for Nick Maximov. I know people have been eyeing him. So I hope this isn't like an egg face type thing, but I I gotta go with the gut. I think Punaheli is gonna be minus one ninety. Maybe higher. I wanna go in the two hundreds, Dan. I'm being honest. I'm gonna actually I'm gonna change, Kobe. I'm gonna go two ten. I'll give Dan anything in the one nineties. I'm not letting him beat me by doing two hundred. 
I'm going to go 210. I just think that this is Nick Maxwell needs to show me more. I'm not sold by any means. Now you got me thinking because I was excited to go just a little bit above you on 200. Um, you, but you're dead on. I was one of the guys that was really excited for that Nick Maximov's debut. That just makes me feel so much better because I thought you were going to hit me with the Nick's Maximov minus 200, and then I just look like an absolute fucking buffoon. No, I mean, Nick Maximov was one of the guys that I was really excited about for his debut. Nick Diaz Academy, great jiu-jitsu. Um, like you said, he, he's competed at heavyweight. And so at middleweight, I thought that he was going to be a fucking athlete. But he did look really one-dimensional. It looked like he was a little bit lost when he wasn't grappling successfully and Punahele is well-rounded it's not like you can go out there and wet blanket him even though Brendan Allen was pretty successful at grappling him for the course of 15 minutes damn Brendan Allen didn't finish him I like your number um this is tough I'm I'm really just oof do I go higher or lower? Because the, the route to victory is exactly what Nick Maximoff wants to do. But he's so lost if he's not getting his one route to victory. I've got to go higher. Um, give me Puna LA. I'll give you a little bit of breathing room. 230. Thank God I didn't do 190 because you would have you would have just said 200 and I. Yeah, I would have said 200 yeah. or 210. I'm That, that move. Yeah, it really I could, put I me. Could it it put me in a pretzel. I did not I know could what to get do. A, I could get a ding ding here. I was, I was like, but it, that move added like forty points of fluctuation to me because I was yeah. either going one ninety or two thirty or something like that. That put me in a fucking pretzel. I'm a little. I was. I'm not gonna lie though. Like I really was expecting there to be some risk in that one. I thought you were gonna laugh and then say Nick Maxwell minus two hundred and then Nick Maxwell would be minus three hundred and I would just look like an absolute fish out of water. This is far from a fish out of water. Punahele favorite minus two hundred even. Nice. Oh you, wow! You you earned that wait, one. Wait, did I ISO this now? You iced it. Oh, I thought Dan's. So that was the first two, up. and he encountered me, or or did I only win one? You only won one, I think. You only ah. won one. Damn. But, but 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 guess what? Guess what? We still have a main event, Dan. You can you can get it. You know, if, if we did a plus minus, you can close the window here. I'm so excited for this main event. Like, in all honesty, not not the set, not like so excited to, to set the spread for it. But I love watching Sean Strickland fight. He's a guy that just makes me smile. Yeah. He loves fighting. Yeah. Sean yeah. Strickland is a fucking sociopath. So that's it. And Dan is going to lead things off for us in the, in the main event this week. Middleweight bout, Jack Hermanson, Sean Strickland. So Sean Strickland... Jack Hermanson, really, really interesting stylistic matchup. We've got Jack, who's probably the best white belt that exists in the world, maybe. Um, he's got a really funky <laughs> grappling style and, and is adamant about being a white belt, and that's why I say it. But Sean Strickland knows it and has been going out of his way to train grappling, including taking a submission underground fight against Andy Varela, of all people who's a like longtime 10th planet black belt, a really legit grappling competitor, full-time grappler, not like an MMA fighter in a submission underground fight that I, I don't, I don't know if either of y'all watched it is really, really funny. It was, I mean, Strickland was playing with his food to the point where not so much playing with his food. Cause Andy's a much better grappler and Andy ended up winning um, the flying rear naked joke of all things. But Sean was just putting his, putting himself into weird situations, like voluntarily putting his back on the cage or voluntarily getting off balance or handing Andy Varela a single leg and being like, all right, let's play from here just to drill out situations that he might get in with Jack Hermanson and like figure it all out. And Andy Varela couldn't take him down one time. That's the most Sean Sean Strickland thing I've ever heard. He couldn't take him down one time. It got to the point where Sean Strickland was like, all right, dude, like, I'm just not even going to look. Like, I'm going to turn my back to you and you take me down. And that's when Varela jumped on his back and was like, dude, like, if you're just going to look away from me, I'm going to jump on your back and be on the choke. Like, in two seconds, it was hilarious. It was a very funny fight. 
long story short, Strickland favored here because he's going My to short be story be long. able to. Yeah. Short story <laughs> long. Strickland's favored here because he's going to be able to extinguish the Jackermanson grappling threat. Um, I, I think he's going to be a pretty sizable favorite here too, because they're just not matched on the feet. Strickland's going to kill him. I've got it all the way up at 270. Holy shit balls. And maybe that's longer. disrespectful about her. Manson, no, I was, I was but just... after watching, after watching Sean Strickland toy with a guy who I hold in a lot higher esteem in terms of grappling than Jack Hermanson, I was like, well, I guess that takes away the grappling threat. Like this is going to be a quick knockout. I, I think it's going to be much lower just because I, I look at the type of esteems that, I mean, I know, Shabazian obviously has fallen on tough times. He beat Shabazian. I know the Vittori fight was close. Vittori's challenged for the belt. He's dominant. Uh, Gaslam, white belt, heel hook. Love to see it. I know he got finished by Canadier. I think it's going to be closer. I love Sean. Don't get me wrong. Like I've loved him before his accident and before his layoff, like back when he was fighting like Kamaru Usman, for example, at plus 300 or like, he. I mean, he, Tom Breeze, I remember was a fun. I mean, he's been in, in the sport for is a long fucking time. Um, and he's still young, which is the crazy part. He's just reviving his career. I, I love Sean Strickland. He's, he's, he's hilarious too. I just think it's going to be closer than that just because of Hermanson. It's more of a Hermanson thing than it is a knock on, on, uh, Sean. I'm going to go Strickland minus 160, Hermanson plus 140. I feel like if Hermanson's in the plus 200s, it's starting to get a little appetizing. Um, not that I'm going to take it, but just like, that seems high. I don't, I don't know. I could be totally off base, but I, I feel like Hermanson hopefully has a little more respect on his name than, than that. So y'all are almost right in the middle here. Strickland minus 210 is the number. So Reese would have gotten the point by 10 basis points there. 50 off, 60 uh, off. But moral of the story is way off. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Hermanson should have a little more esteem, especially because he's the higher-ranked fighter currently. But I, I agree, Dan, with your take. Sean, this is Sean Strickland's fight to lose, in my opinion. Dude's a sociopath. I love it. So, yeah, all in all, this is, this is a fight night card that we're pretty excited for, all things considered. You know, these fight night cards have been pretty hit or miss, but there's a bunch of names on this card that we're excited for. I know Treshawn Gore and Brian Battle are finally fighting on this That'll one be too. fun. What's the line on that? I guess since we're not doing it, I'm actually curious. Um, Treshawn's favored minus 142. Oh, that's lower than I would have expected, honestly. I actually might play that now, it's gonna get higher. Yeah, we weren't really impressed by Brian Battle in his fight, no, uh, but then again, he's been the underdog the entire way. He was, yeah, he was the last pick on the show. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, well, that wraps it up for us, right? No more segments after this, and Parker never showed up. That is all accurate. Reese, you want to close this up? I love nothing more. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.